How is everybody? You look a little tired today, so loss of sleep, and um, glad that you are are here today. Um, so for uh, for those who weren't here right on time, uh, I have my granddaughter. Uh, up front here service. So um, my wife and I have the three grandkids for a week. Yeah, Ufta is right. And, uh, and uh, my daughter and her husband are celebrating their 10th wedding anniversary. So um, we, uh, we have the grandkids. And um, I, uh, I knew yesterday when I was looking for a joke that, that um, Beth would have to be here earlier this morning than I would. Uh, so I brought the kids. It's been a long time since I did that. And, uh, and um, I, when I found this joke yesterday, I thought um, it fits really well. So here we go. My wife is so negative. I remembered the car seat, the stroller, and the diaper bag. And yet all she can talk about is how I forgot the baby. So we have a forgetting theme going on. This is one of my favorite uh, old jokes, so you've maybe heard it. An elderly couple are sitting in the living room, and the old man gets up and he says, I'm going to run to the store and get a soda. Do you want anything? Wife says, yeah, I'd like an ice cream sundae. Um, Here, I'm going to write it down for you so you don't forget. Says, I'm not going to forget. You know, ice cream sundae, there you go. And uh, she says, but I'd like cherries and nuts on top. Um, Come on, i got to write it down or you're going to forget. I'm not senile, he said. I won't forget Sunday, cherries and nuts. And whipped cream, she said. I'm sure you're going to forget all of this. You forget every other time. So please let me write it down. And the old guy just goes right out the door with a big grunt and sigh and and, and he t- returns a little bit later um, with a bag in his hand, and he hands it to his wife. And he says, see, here you go. I didn't forget. She looks inside and sees a toasted bagel. And she looks at him, and she says, yes, you did. Yes, you did. I told you that you would forget, and you did. I wanted cream cheese with it. you don't get it, I'll explain it later. All right. All right. So uh, we've been going through the book of Genesis as a church family, and uh, we have been talking about Joseph, the last major character in the book of uh, Genesis for some weeks. And um, we have learned that Joseph had quite a ride. Chances are you know a little bit about Joseph's story. Um, we learned that he was dad's favorite, and he kind of liked to flaunt that a little bit. Um, his brothers had a resentment against him. They kind of despised him, and so they sold Joseph into slavery. And still, um, even then, Joseph is blessed. Um, Joseph keeps trying to do the right thing, um, and uh, he, you know, things still don't work out. He goes to prison for it. And he's still blessed in prison. And he's still trying to do the right thing. And, uh, and yet, he, he kind of just seems to kind of always be struggling. And um, we're going to go back a little bit, backtrack a, a few chapters, um, and, and talk more thematically today about something that, that I, I thought of when I was reading these stories 
um, kind of a life issue and topic that I know that our Lighthouse family sometimes deals with. And so um, I thought it would be a good focus. And I want to talk about how Joseph probably felt forgotten now and then. And I'd like you to grab a Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 40. We're going to look at one verse and, uh, well, two verses, one in chapter 40 and one in chapter 41. And uh, then I want you to hold on to the Bible because we're going to come back and use the Bible a little bit later in my message. But I love, um, you know, I kind of love sometimes to just pick a verse and just kind of think about how my life um, has been kind of similar to the person that I'm reading about. And so if you don't uh, remember the story, Joseph um, has two guys who he's in prison with. Uh, One was a cupbearer for Pharaoh or the king. Um, and the other was a baker, and they both have these dreams, and Joseph interprets the dreams, and, and uh, they get sent off, and um, the dreams were true about, you know, what was going to happen to them. One of them's killed. The other one uh, become, is returned back to the Pharaoh's, um, you know, household duties. And, and it says in verse 23, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, after, you know, Joseph had had this interpretation of a dream and told him what was going to happen and asked him if he would remember him when he gets out, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Then it says in the next chapter, two full years later, two full years later. Um, So I thought about Joseph's story And I was thinking about how there were probably some other times when Joseph felt forgotten. And um, it's kind of an incredible story of God's sovereignty and God's faithfulness and Joseph's perseverance. Um, It's really an amazing story. And um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I decided that I wanted to kind of share on this topic today uh, when I got a text um, from the Minot Jail um, I don't know if you've ever been in jail in Minot. You don't have to confess. Um, but um, one of the interesting things in the Minot jail right now is they have a texter thing that you can get if you have enough money on your books. And so over the years, I've sometimes gotten texts from people uh, in jail in Minot. And um, this was from somebody who I've known for quite a number of years uh, who used to work here uh, part-time. And she texted me uh, just last week, and she's been there for a while um, in the jail. And I said, well, how are you? And these are the words I got back. She said, I'm feeling unimportant and invisible today. It really struck me. Man, that's a complex sentence filled with lots of story, isn't it? I'm feeling unimportant and invisible today. So that's going to kind of shape our question and what we're going to discuss. So here's our question for today. Have you felt forgotten, unimportant, and or invisible? So if you'd like to answer the question, uh, James and Flint are going to run microphones today. We'd love to have a few of you um, be willing to be transparent and share with us. Um, how this has kind of been true in your life. We need brief answers. You stand up, maybe introduce yourself, give us an answer. So anybody willing to get us started? Here we go. Hi, church family. I'm Julie. 
When uh, I was younger, I had three older brothers and an older sister um, from my mother, but a different father. And they were all raised with the family. Well, once I came along, I don't know what happened, but the family was broken. And um, when I was 13, I think I was 13, um, I was acting out because my parents kept shuffling me back and forth because neither of them really wanted to take care of me. And so I was acting out, and they brought me to a psychiatric ward for a 72-hour hold when they said I was uncontrollable. Um, at the end of that 72-hour hold, nobody ever came back for me. Hmm. And I was stuck in that hospital for six months waiting on a foster home. Uh, thank you for your transparency, Julie. Yep. Anybody else willing to share? Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, other than some of the childhood stuff, I think in my adulthood, a lot of those feelings of invisibility and unimportancy has come from my addiction and um, just isolation and stuff that I've inflicted on myself. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for your transparency. Hello, my name is Galen. Um, looking back on this, I kind of chuckle a little bit, but when I was younger, a little bit of backstory, I was, I was born eight years after my sister, so I was, there was a pretty good uh, age gap between us siblings. Um, and my dad would help out at the church, so he would oftentimes go to church Sunday morning by himself, and then the rest of the family would follow a little bit later. Uh, and there was probably more times than I can remember where I would be walking around the church and my dad would leave and my mom and the rest of the kids would leave and they both thought that I was with the other parent. <laughs> and pretty soon I noticed that I was the only one left in the church. So I, got, I learned, I had to teach myself how to dial a rotary telephone uh, so I could call back home. And uh, it got to the point where I would call, someone would pick up the phone and I'd be like, hi, and they're like, someone's going to come get you. <laughs> Thanks, Galen. And if you don't know what a rotary telephone is, he'll explain after church. So, all right. Anybody else willing to share? Do time for one or two more? Have you felt forgotten, unimportant, or invisible? Hi, my name's Cassie. Um, I grew up in the very middle of my family. I have two older sisters and two younger brothers. So I always kind of felt like I was kind of by myself because everybody else had somebody else. So. Yeah. Thank you, Cassie. I'm Bruce. <clears throat> I'm afraid there's nothing spiritual about this. Uh, I often, during my drinking career, thought I was invisible. Mm -hmm. Amongst other things, more handsome, stronger, better looking, and invisible. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. I would guess some people can relate to that. Anybody else? We can do one more if there's one more person who'd like to share. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Stephanie. Uh, growing up, I had two older brothers, and my dad really felt like he 
dads raised the boys, moms raised the girls. And just growing up, we were more like roommates, and that wasn't really a good relationship. And he realized when, he was about, when I was about 13, that was a mistake. He tried to connect with me. did not really work out well at that time. But as I grew up and became an adult, I realized um, I really love my dad. He's actually a very great person, and I forgave him. And shortly after that, we had the opportunity to adopt a baby boy, and I feel like that was really something that needed to happen for Jack to come into our lives. Hmm. Very cool. Thanks, Stephanie. So, uh, um, interestingly, I've had, um, we had several people answer questions about a dad or a son, and I've had a couple of conversations since the last service about the same. So, um, Gosh, dads are important if you're a dad. Um, I remember this feeling of uh, being forgotten or feeling forgotten and unimportant and invisible very well. Uh, It was when I was accepting the consequences of my struggles with addiction and everything else that went with it. My life was definitely unmanageable at the time. Um, And people were either upset with me or they felt sorry for me, and neither of them felt very good. The emotions in me were complex. I had shame, I had frustration, I had some anger, and I was really afraid. What would my life look like now? Uh, Would I be alone in the future? In fact, um, I still had people who loved me around me but I felt so all alone. Such an interesting thing when you got people close by and yet you feel all alone. Have you or do you ever feel forgotten, unimportant, and invisible? And if so, how do we go through such times? Well, um, we can learn some things from Joseph. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph and some lessons from him um, this morning. But, but one of the things that um, I think is so interesting about Joseph, it's not only in his dealing with this idea of being forgotten, but Joseph keeps rising to the top. And there's this sense that somehow uh, Joseph has this secret or this key that not only kind of brings him through those times, but brings him through them better than he was before. Uh, Two words that I think are the enemy of our spiritual journey and the enemy of a life of purpose and meaning. And I want to just address them before we talk about things we can learn from Joseph in our lives today. Um, But they're the words, if only. Have you, ever, have you ever used those two words in your, in your story and journey? Uh, if only I had done this, then I would have that, right? Or if only you could, huh, uh, that doesn't usually work so well. If only I had a better job or more money or a relationship or better friends or better parents or better breaks, then I know that I would be a lot better off. If only I could. Hmm. And the problem with with if onlys is that they not only take us out of the moment that we're in, but they take us 
out of gratitude. And gratitude is one of the keys uh, to us being happy and healthy. And so um, one of the things that I want to do from the beginning is kind of dispel the if-onlys. That if you are waiting for somebody else or for life to hand you a break and then you know everything's going to be better, chances are uh, you're going to be waiting a long time. Uh, These last weeks we've talked about times when things don't go well. And if there's a guy in the Bible who knew about bad breaks, it was Joseph. Um, But Joseph, as I mentioned, he seems to persevere. Life doesn't always go according to plan, we've learned. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes even when we do the right things, things go bad. And sometimes we're going to feel forgotten. And so um, how do we go through such times? Because I know that we will go through them again. And because we will have them, it's important to kind of prepare for them. So let me ask, are you in such a time right now? A time of feeling forgotten or invisible? Have you had a struggle with addiction? Are you in the midst of that right now? I remember what it was like to be going two steps forward and three steps back. Two steps forward, three steps back. The problem with that is you end up further back than you do forward in the long run. Um, Maybe you're dealing with a mental health issue, and mental health issues can be very challenging. And um, they can make you feel like you are forgotten and that you are invisible and unimportant. Loneliness or physical illnesses or grief. Um, Isolation due to any of the above is only going to exacerbate it. Don't get trapped in the if-onlys. And so here are some things that I think we can learn from Joseph maybe from, you know, our life as well, that might be helpful. And one of the things I wanted to do today, um, I'm going to be giving you quite a few scripture verses today, uh, because I thought one of the best things we can do is um, have some of those scripture verses as kind of an opportunity to, to kind of reflect on them and go back to them at times when we feel forgotten. So um, here's the first thing that I wanted to share. Um, identify and accept your reality. It seems like we start with that quite a bit when we're going through some learning things. Uh, But we kind of learn that from Joseph. I mean, Joseph just kind of deals with the reality of wherever he is, whether it's, you know, dad's favorite or being sold into slavery in prison or Pharaoh's right-hand man. Identify and accept your reality. Now, this is not as easy as it sounds. We are the masters of denial We are the masters of if-onlys. We are masters of digging our hole even deeper and self-sabotaging. Turn and tell someone he might be speaking to you. So um, we do this. We do this a lot. You know, I, I stand here and we talk about this line of of life that we're on, or spiritual growth. That's where we're going. That's where we've been. And I, I usually share that one of the most important things we can do every day we get up is identify where am I today? Where am I today? What am I dealing with? What's my reality? What are my challenges? What are my blessings? Where am I today? 
And if you're spending too much time in the if-onlys, you're trying to spend time in the past or in the future. What is your reality today? Um, But it can be really hard to accept the reality. Um, And um, let me just tell you so that you kind of have an idea that um, I know a little bit of of the things that you might be dealing with. So um, I started um, Lighthouse Church along with some family and friends uh, very early on in my journey of recovery. Um, I'll just suggest today that it's not the smartest thing to start a church when you're new in recovery, especially if it's a recovery church. And um, I had lots to learn still. And um, I, uh, I knew how to pastor a church, but I was learning about recovery. And um, I found that I was having a struggle with alcohol every couple of weeks um, fairly early on in this journey. And um, gosh, I was sure that, that you know, in two weeks from now I was going to be better. But I couldn't break the cycle. And what I ended up doing was, after getting some direct and wise counsel from people who cared about me, um, I went back to treatment again. Um, that was humbling. Um, it was not easy. Um, but it helped, you know. I still had quite a bit to learn, um, but it helped. But I had to accept my reality, where I was that day, and what I needed to do in order to move forward. Some of you may be in a similar spot with whatever life-controlling issue or situation that it is you are dealing with. One of the hardest things to do is to accept our reality and take responsibility for it. We need self-honesty, self-reflection, and we need people in our lives who can speak truth to us. In love, right? All right, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, or verse 12, excuse me. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. All right, number two that I wanted to move uh, or to, uh, to share with you today um, from kind of the life of Joseph and maybe something that you've learned as well. Um, whatever happens, keep moving forward. Whatever happens, keep moving forward. Um, here's the deal. Reality tends to paralyze us. And reality can often lead us into feelings of being forgotten, unimportant, and invisible. Um, So um, I'm going to teach you about elephant training today. Um, If you've maybe been to the circus, I don't know if you've ever been to, sir, I don't even know if they do it anymore, but um, I remember um, seeing in, you know, when I was younger, that there would be these huge elephants tied to like this little post. And I think... There's no way that that little post could actually, you know, restrain that elephant if it wanted to get away. Um, and I, I learned that I didn't know much about elephant training. Um, and it's true when an elephant is huge that it can't, it won't restrain um, that elephant. It's not big enough. But what the people who train elephants know is that when you tether a baby elephant to a post, 
It trains the brain of the elephant to see that post and know that when it's tethered to it, they can't get away. Our brains are pretty crazy things. And some of us at times have tethered ourselves to something that is holding us back. And it makes it difficult for us to move forward. And literally, we need to kind of have our, our thinking reprogrammed. That's what, what Jesus does in our life. That's what recovery does in our life. That's what therapy might do in your life. That's what spiritual growth can do in your life. Don't let Satan keep you stuck or tethered to the things that have been self-destructive in your life. Don't let your situation or reality keep you tethered to an unhealthy place where you are. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 says this, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. One of the most important things I learned early on in my journey that brought me here to Lighthouse is that no matter what happens, keep moving forward. If you fall down, you get up and you move forward. You fall down, you get up and you move forward. You with me? You fall down, you get up, you move forward. Number three. Um, determine today that you will persevere. It's so easy to get to a place where you just want to give up. Um, But one of the things we can do in preparing for those times is make a decision that I'm going to persevere no matter what the Lord throws at us. Um, So scriptures here are abundant. Um, I've, I've shared with you many times, it actually hangs in our entryway, Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope never disappoints us. Um, One of the most profound, um, you know, sections of Scripture, I think. Um, Here's the deal. I'm still working on the we rejoice in our sufferings kind of thing. Um, Not so good at that. Um, But I have learned in my life that what comes after that is true. So um, repeat after me. We rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope never disappoints us. Man, that is just so true. And so our difficulties in life Um, have taught us, you know, perseverance. And they have helped shape your character. We've got some characters here in this church. And, you know, we can see that the life experience and what it's taken to go through it shapes your character. And it's our character that gives us hope in the end. And hope will not disappoint us. Um, Other verses. Um, Colossians 1 verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. 2 Timothy 1 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. 
And Philippians 4.13, For I can do everything, say everything, through Christ who gives me strength. So here's something that I want you to know. Um, You should never give up on yourself because God never gives up on you. God never gives up on you. In fact, I think it's really kind of become a core value um, of our church. I tell our staff all the time, we don't give up on people because God doesn't give up on people. Thank God he didn't give up on me. You ever have that feeling? You know, thank you, Lord, that he didn't give up on me. Because God doesn't give up on you and me, we're not going to give up on others, right? And so it's kind of a core value. If there's, if there's one thing that we want to be known for as a church family, it's that we don't give up on people. Give up, we don't give up on people because God doesn't give up on us. So um, one of the things that I would um, ask you is, you know, do you have a plan for perseverance? Because it's when we're not feeling forgotten, unimportant, or invisible that we develop a plan to persevere. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Here's, here's I think, a, a good objective. Um, Invest yourself in a group of one sort or another. Invest yourself in something that when you are not there, you will be missed and somebody will reach out to you. Does that make sense? So do you have that place right now in your life? That place where when all of a sudden you're not there, people notice and they're wondering what's going on. Who could you call to ask for help? Remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Number four, um, don't compromise your values. That's one of the amazing things to me about Joseph's story. You know, I mean, a number of weeks ago, we, you know, Joseph's trying to be seduced by the, the, this wife of the person he's working for as a slave and he kind of sticks to his values and ends up in prison and there he is he makes the best of it you know don't compromise your your values don't compromise what god has already started in your life um you know keep keep moving forward and building on the things that god is doing Um, One of the things that I I wanted to share with you is kind of a life lesson in regards to all of this that that has been um, scripturally so helpful to me. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to have you grab a Bible. I want to show you um, this section. We've we've talked about it before. I think it's one of the most profound sections of, of scripture for people like you and me. I'm assuming you're a little bit like me. Pretty much people are alike, and, and uh, people who go through issues. And this kind of become a, a life chapter for me. I, I reflect on this chapter quite a bit. Um, I'm going to start at verse 7, if you found it in the Bible. And uh, here we go. For we now have this light, this light of Jesus, this light of faith. You know, God, what God's doing in our life, we have that shining in our hearts, I'm not going to draw a heart. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. What Paul is trying to say here is that, you know, we're, we're kind of fragile people. We, we're human beings. We age. We make mistakes. Um, we bear scars from the past. Uh, we might even have a crack or two. 
um, that we kind of go forward. But we, we have this light shining in the crack pot that you are. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. I mean, he's literally saying that when we struggle, we, we have kind of this this union with Jesus that is quite profound. And, and, and this is Paul who, who's developed this spirit of perseverance, this mindset of perseverance. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. Say, read that sentence with me. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. We're going to come back to that. So what can I learn each day? You know, what are the values that are most important to me that I'm going to uphold? And how do I build my life around them? Last thing I wanted to share today was keep an eye on Jesus. Um, keep an eye on the cross and remember who it is that gave you that light shining in your heart in the first place. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, For our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't uh, look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that, we cannot be, that cannot be seen. And the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. One of the most important things um, in, in this journey of ours is that when Jesus has come into our heart, we want to continue to lean into that and to pursue that. To know that no matter how difficult things get, no matter how much we struggle, that God is with us. And uh, I want to end in this way. I'm going to give you just a couple more scripture uh, scriptures before we close because um, one thing that I suspect some of you have also been able to identify is when we feel forgotten um, and unimportant and invisible, um, we also tend to believe that God has forgotten us. Anybody here ever felt that way? Um, you know, when I was going through my struggles, um, I remember, you know, I still believed in God, but man, um, didn't seem like he believed in me anymore. And I hadn't forgotten God, but it sure seemed like he had forgotten me. And so I want to read a few verses from Psalm 139. It's my favorite psalm. Because in case you're feeling like you're invisible from God, this would be a great chapter for you to go back to. Um, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say. Even before I say it, Lord, you go before me and follow me. Your place, your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I can't hide from you. 
To you, night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Lord, you made our, all our delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know that. For you watched me even as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, God is always watching you. He is always with you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before the Lord. And so today we are going to remember, Hi, Maggie. <laughs> Did you tell her to come to Grandpa? I um, so we're almost done here. So um, we, uh, today we are going to remember that no matter what we are going through, God has not forgotten us. No matter how invisible we feel, God still sees us. No matter how difficult things are and how important we are, that we are important enough that Jesus died on the cross for us. You are that important that Jesus gave his one and his only life for you. Say, I am important. Jesus died for me. I am important. I am not forgotten. I am seen by God. Amen.